Not many people like to talk about abortion. Not many people like to talk about miscarriages and stillborns and all sorts of things like that, right? It's just not something we want to talk about. But from under my red hat, being watched by God, it is my responsibility just for being human to make sure the rights of the preborn are as protected as yours and mine and everyone else's on this planet. And when you look at the bill that just cleared committee hearing in California, AB 2223, California Assembly Bill 2223. It claims to shield women from criminal charges for infant death due to pregnancy-related causes. So it's saying that if you have something that happens to you during pregnancy that you do as a pregnant mother, if you cause some kind of issue willing, willingly, accidentally, and negligently, that it will protect you from being charged with the death of your preborn baby, causing a stillborn. So I learned something new today. If you lose a child within the first 20 weeks of gestation, it's called a miscarriage. If you lose a child after 20 weeks gestation, it's called a stillborn. I wonder how they came up with that, first of all. And as we know, we talk about partial birth abortion, which is anything after, you know, the first five months of gestation. So I guess that's the threshold. I guess it has to do with the formation of of the baby and where the fetus is at at that point. But in regards to this, hundreds of people were rallying this, what they deemed the infanticide bill at the state capitol in California. Because they're saying that the use of the word perinatal means at about the time of a baby's birth, perinatal. Now, some people say, people who are right to life, say perinatal is from one month, maybe even more after birth. Other people say it's from, you know, uh, a few weeks before you give birth to seven days after birth. That, That frame of reference of when perinatal is, is still up for definition. So the use of the word perinatal in this California bill is really causing problems for people who want to protect life. Now, what this California bill is saying, in a nutshell, in the black and white version, and it's been rewritten since February, because it was a little confusing before that. 
It said a California bill that would protect parents from investigation and prosecution if they lose or choose to end a pregnancy has been spun into a falsehood that the state is set to legalize infanticide. So this is where all the problems are coming in. So the pastor of a Southern California church posted a message that this bill would cause infanticide. It would legalize it. Now, opponents have been posting other claims that this is so evil that the California Democrats are trying to legalize killing children up to the age of 28 days. Because remember, that word perinatal is just listed in the bill, but it's not clearly defined. And people who protect life define it from a month or more after birth. And others say it's up to seven days after birth. It's around the time of when a baby is born. Right now, there's no bill in California state legislature that would make it legal to kill a person of any age. That's what they say. But this assembly bill, 2223, is supported by Planned Parenthood of California and the California Future of Abortion Council. (laughs) What does that tell you? (laughs) Okay, do I have to say anything else? Uh, They're saying that the aim of this bill is to protect and strengthen abortion rights in California. So what does that tell you right away? Well, it says here, for example, there was a case back in 2017. And by the way, I, I want to just go back. I was telling you that the bill was changed since February when it was introduced. It said they... The earlier version of the bill said, quote, notwithstanding any other law, a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or deprived of their rights based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death. And as I said, perinatal can occur within days or weeks of being born. So the definition was not there. So they're saying that that language could lead to an unintended, undesirable conclusion, which means that let's say a mother decides she has postpartum depression and doesn't want this baby anymore and neglects the baby, doesn't feed the baby, doesn't take care of the baby, just lets the baby die. Would they be held liable? Can they be charged with the murder of that baby if it's in that perinatal stage, days, weeks from being birth, from being born? So an analysis from the Assembly Judiciary Committee back on April 5th suggested to clarify that section since the language could lead to these unintended, undesirable conclusions 
And they wanted to make sure that they, that it was clear that the death of the baby could not be pinned on the mother if the death was caused by something that happened during her pregnancy. So if the nothing happened during the pregnancy and the baby is born and the mother does something to cause the death of that baby, she's not covered by this law is what they're saying. So it's not legalizing infanticide. But what it's saying is, is that if, let's say, you're driving in a vehicle and you decide not to wear a seatbelt because you're so pregnant and it's so uncomfortable and it doesn't fit you right and you're, you know, you, or you're, you're lazy, you don't believe in seatbelts and you don't wear a seatbelt and seatbelt's the law and your baby dies from that accident. You end up having a stillborn. Listen, we've heard of cases of pregnant women being uh, in a vehicle that is struck by a drunk driver. If she lost her baby, that drunk driver is held for the death of that child, right? So what if a seatbelt would have prevented that baby from dying? Is it the mother's fault that the baby died? What if the mother trips and falls? Causes the still, it's an accident. But let's say she decided to go hiking, engaging in risky behavior and loses her baby because she falls. Should she be prosecuted for the death of her baby because she has a stillborn child? But really where this came up was because a drug addict was high on methamphetamines caused the death of her preborn child had a stillborn that was then born dead. Or even if she went into labor because she was high on meth and has a baby or, um, you know, they test the baby and the baby has drugs in his or her system. The mother has drugs in her system. Did she cause the death of that baby if that baby dies within that perinatal period? Well, she took drugs that she knew was dangerous to her baby or drank alcohol or did whatever she knew was going to cause, you know, a problem to her fetus or could. She has a baby that dies or is born dead. That woman, there's actually two of them, back in 2017, were charged, prosecuted by the attorney in this one county in California. And people don't like that. They don't want that to happen. So it says here, pregnancies can end in a range of outcomes, according to Assembly Bill 2223. And this is in its post- Prenatal, prenatal, I'm sorry, perinatal wording. It says here, many pregnancy losses have no known explanation. People also need to end pregnancies by abortion, including self-managed abortion, which means ending one's own pregnancy outside of the medical system. What does that mean? I really don't know what that means, self-managed abortion. 
the way you end your own pregnancy outside of the medical system. Well, that can't possibly be taking an abortion pill because that would be within the medical system, right? So does that mean taking some kind of illegal drug to cause the pregnancy or doing something to your belly to cause? I, I don't know. I don't even understand what that means. See, my logic starts to kick in and I, I, it doesn't even make sense. I need explanation every step of the way, but they don't provide it. They want you to be in the dark and confused. And their next sentence after that, every Californian should have the right to feel secure that they can seek medical assistance during pregnancy without fear of civil or criminal liability. The threat of criminal prosecution of pregnancy outcomes is partly traceable to out-of-date provisions, they say, that give coroners a duty to investigate certain abortions and pregnancy losses. Now, I have to tell you, I read another article that said, oh, it's very interesting to us that, um, you know, there's the same, it's 50-50 with black and people of color abortions um, and stillbirths and, you know, things like miscarriages like that. And it's 50-50 between black and white. However, it seems that much more people of color are being prosecuted for these outcomes than white people. So, of course, they're making it about race in one of those articles. It says here, civil and criminal penalties imposed on pregnant people is a critical issue for black, indigenous, and other people of color who experience adverse pregnancy outcomes as a result of systemic racial inequities, and there it is, and are more likely to be under scrutiny of state systems like child welfare or immigration. They said that based on these provisions, healthcare providers and institutions report people to law enforcement for pregnancy losses leading to harmful investigations and even unlawful prosecutions. And what this bill is saying is that that woman who took the methamphetamine caused the death of her preborn baby, had a stillborn child who was prosecuted for the death of her child. And, uh, you know, she's awaiting whatever she was in court, wallowing in court. I mean, in prison. And they said she has every right to sue prosecutors for unlawful prosecution. So it's going to deter prosecutors from pursuing these cases. It's going to stop a coroner's investigation into the death of a child within this perinatal period, which still isn't clearly defined. And here it continues. Assembly bill in California, 2223, the threat of criminal prosecutions or civil penalties on pregnant people through child welfare, immigration, housing, or other legal systems has harmful effects on individuals and public health. When a person, it says, fears state action being taken against them related to their pregnancy, they are less likely to seek medical care when they need it. If they do not seek care, punishing them for actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcomes interferes with professional, with the professional determination on what this is all about. With professional care. 
and endangers the relationship between the providers and the patients. Really? So they're too scared to say, oh my gosh, I was high on crack. Can you check the health of my baby? And then they say, oh, well, your health of your baby is, uh, you know, you knew going into doing your crack cocaine or your methamphetamine drugs that it was going to cause, could cause death to your child, but you did it anyway. Now we have to call the police, right? The bill's language was amended with that perinatal death to then continue. A perinatal death due to a pregnancy-related cause. Now, what could be a pregnancy-related cause? I think they should list them, don't you think? What is a pregnancy-related cause? Abortion, drug use. That's why the, the abortionists don't, don't want this bill. I mean, I'm sorry. They want this bill because they... Abortion is a pregnancy-related cause of death of a fetus. Duh. (laughs) Okay? So when they see prosecutors charging women with the death of their fetus because they used drugs while they were pregnant, what is that starting to say? You caused the death of your baby. And what if you had a self-managed abortion? Maybe there's nothing wrong with your fetus and it would be, you know, like there's no threat to your life having this, carrying this baby. But you just decide that you don't want to have the baby. And you do something to cause the death of your baby. Self-managed abortion. What does that mean? You know what? I'll Google it and we'll come back and talk about that. This um, This is going to be a very dangerous Bill, and I really don't know where it goes. There's a war against women in this country. They're telling us men can have babies and men can be women, um, just like women are women, and men can participate in women's sports if they claim they are transgender. They try to say if you take a certain number, if you take uh, hormones for a certain number of years or your body tests this and that, I think it needs to be more biologically in-depth than that. As we've seen in the swim world and in other fields of sports, that's a whole nother topic. That if you're born male and train as a man for a while you will have a physiological difference from a typical woman athlete if you switch to being a a female athlete. What constitutes you being an equal competitor to a female athlete? What are the markers? Is it just hormone levels? Should muscles be tested? Strength be tested? When does a transgender woman actually qualify as a transgender woman? At what point? At what point in the process could they be considered woman? A woman, period, the end. I don't know. 
But abortion... Why are people supporting this? You saw what happened with the DC-5. The five pre-born children that may or may not have survived abortion. We're not sure because the DC police won't look into it. Even though evidence uh, by doctors provided by the anti-abortion activists say that some of these fetuses that they basically have obtained from the medical waste company. Some say that was uh, ghoulish and all of that. Seems like they're whistleblowers to me, seeking the truth. They say that um, these babies could have possibly been born alive and then left to die. Is that legal in D.C.? Apparently so. They're not doing an investigation. Those are images I can never unsee. They took pictures. They were providing evidence. They did a full investigation on their own. And the police won't pick it up in D.C. The mayor won't pick it up. Check into that. And when we come back, we'll talk about this self-managed abortion. What is that?